Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Basically. Joining me now is uh, a woman called Maria first name only and she is a primary school teacher and uh, we're gonna have a chat about about primary school teaching. Maria welcome. Thank you thanks for having me. So the reason I wanted to do this podcast is I think that well somebody asked me to do it because they think that primary school teachers get a lot of slack and a lot of flack and that um, it's a tough job that people don't really understand how tough it is. And yes, the holidays are great, but they're well needed because of burnout. And I just want to talk about the role, what it's really like. Or is it this sort of cushy number that some people think it is and that you don't do enough work and you get too many holidays and you should shut up and put up about it? Because <laughs> there's two types. I think there's two types of public out there. Some people who I think have children are like, we cannot pay primary school teachers enough even the pandemic showed us like I'm not a teacher teachers put up with so much they're amazing they're all godsends and other people being like Ara look they get so many holidays they have a cushy job and a lovely pension they need to do a bit of work yeah well, it's funny you said that um growing up my dad used to always think that teachers had a, a cushy number and then I decided I wanted to be a primary school teacher and when I hit college he, he changed his tune fairly lively um just to see the the work that it took to to get into college one to get the points that you need and then then the work that you put into college and then you know when I came out it was kind of a fight for a job there wasn't jobs there so you kind of really had to um like earn your 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 space in the school and, and try get the job and there and are jobs like there are not enough teachers now is it like yeah, there and now it's the job, gone yeah. the opposite way um but I suppose you still need to kind of fight for your place or earn your right to be in a in a school or get the job or the interview um but yeah, look, I'm well aware that there is a mixed opinion of um, of teachers. But I think unless you kind of really know somebody or, or is close to a teacher, you don't really know what goes on behind or in a classroom or the extent of what you do outside of school hours before the children come in or after the children come in. But um, like, it is definitely a job that you wouldn't go into if you didn't want Love to be <laughs> because you will and you you end up just cracking. I think um, like. I there there even my da- bad days are silly like grand because I know I tomorrow will be a di- different day, um but yeah like I can definitely feel like when it's coming up to school ho- school holidays like maybe two weeks before it I'd be thinking no I'm fine I don't need the break and then that week you just <laughs> it can crash. be a crazy week because the kids sense it as well you know they know that they're like you know Christmas for example like that excitement and then you're dealing with twenty eight of them that have that excitement and then yeah but um no but it is. So let's talk about the, the, the going into college. So my experience, uh, my husband went to Mary I, but didn't do primary school teaching. He did um, arts, I think. But his wife, his first wife, um, she was a primary school teacher. So he has loads of primary school teaching friends. But I have friends who did Hibernia. So like a different degree. And then they did a sort of an on. It seemed kind of online, maybe. Um are they both equal or how did you get into it and how, what was your experience? Um, yeah, well, I'm from down the country, so I went to Mary I as well. And um, 
like I had Mary Eye down first, I would have went anywhere for it, but I kind of wanted to stay near near home. Um, and like for me, I had to work really hard to get into it. it I, I didn't, it didn't come easy for me. Like, um, so I worked and then college is, was really tough, like in different points, like at different uh, points of it. And then I suppose teaching practice, you're going out and you're in, you're kind of thrown in the deep end. Um, but um, I, I, d- I can't speak for Hibernia, but I, I, I do have a student at the moment from Hibernia and it seems to be quite intense as well. So I don't think any route is the easy option to get into teaching nowadays. Um, but and it definitely shows if, if you've done Hibernia that you really want to do it because you've obviously you've done a degree beforehand and now you're also doing another one, which is a massive undertaking. But um, yeah, I think we, we work hard to get to where we are. Um, like most professions, I think. Um, so I, I, I think anybody who wants to be there knows how how hard it can be, and the the late nights on teaching practice um are tough as well. But yeah, so the in? the late nights on teaching practice are. So I think when we were in school, right, I'm thirty five. When I was in school, it was a totally different situation. But I see my friends who've done primary school teaching and the work that they have to put in, like making little handouts and making posters to teach kids the alphabet or how to go to the toilet. I don't know, whatever it is <laughs> that like it's not just you rock in in the morning and they open busy at maths too and do their sums like there's so much craft making and effort that has to go into it. Yeah, I think I think it definitely and has that ha- Sorry. And that has to be the case rather than just I'm a kind of a creative person so I'm going to approach my teaching this way you yeah. all have to do it that way correct yeah I suppose the the standard is seems to have gone up um but I suppose it's also the pressure you put on yourself to to you know to do the latest thing that you see online or you know Instagram is the worst for it like if you're following teacher pages the the kind of pressure oh, that yeah. you feel you see somebody doing it and you think that looks great and then you forget how how long that has taken to prepare or um, you know, I've often had TY students. Um, I'm a junior infant teacher, so I've had TY students in uh, recently, and I'm sure they thought it would have been a lot of fun and games, but they spent a lot of time cutting and laminating and printing, um, which goes on behind closed doors, I suppose, as well. But um, yeah, the laminator is your best friend in junior infants because the a bottle is going to spill and it's going to be ruined. But um, yeah, I think that's just part of it. But I, like, I'm out of college now. This is my sixth year. Sixth year, so I think. Um, it gets easier because you build up your resources or, you know, if you've been in a class for more than one year, like that first year you moved, like this year is my first year teaching junior infants. So therefore everything I do new is for the first time. But then next year I'll have learned from what I, so it kind of becomes a bit more easier or I think you become more confident in yourself though as well. You're not as on edge about how you're doing something. You're kind of more confident in your ability and you can, you can roll with it a bit more. But do you choose, do you get to choose your class? No, your principal will tell you. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that it seems definitely, definitely be the, the way for most skills. You wouldn't, you'd you'd sit down maybe with um the management team and and you put down your options. You get to choose like first, second, or third options in my school, anyways. And I, from speaking to most of my friends, it seems to be the same. Um, so you put down what your top three are. It doesn't mean you're going to get any of those just mm-hmm. because of the way the school might be at that time or the needs in the school, but um. You, you do get a bit of a choice, I suppose. When I was in school, probably same as yourself, there was only a teacher, just me and a teacher. Do you have now like SNAs in the class or are you on your own in the classroom? Um, not in the, uh, the class I have at the moment. We don't have an SNA, but I we would have a very um, close team in our school where like the learning support teacher would work with two different classes. So the junior infants class and the senior infants class. And she's just the 
the special education teacher it's what it's called now between those two classes so we are very lucky in our school um most schools might only have one or if not only two special education teacher for the whole school and um so in our school we, we are lucky that way so yeah that teacher then has a timetable and she's in and out but for a lot of the day maybe you are you're in the classroom with 28 kids just on your own um which definitely was daunting with uh, 28 five-year-olds at the start of September. And now I, it doesn't bother me at all, you know. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I'd say majority of the, the teachers in the country will be um, on their own. Or if, yeah, they might have an SNA who's dedicated maybe to, to one child or two children um, in the class. But at the end of the day, you're the class teacher. So it's your, like you are the one in charge of the, the teaching for the children. Um, so the pressure is a bit on you. But And do you have like a list of... You know, by the time the children finish this year, this is what they need to be able to do. Um, or do you decide what your curriculum is? No, well, we have the, the curriculum um, that was the new one was revised back in 1999, I think it was. So I think they are in the process of renewing that again, which is definitely needed. Um, but because like, you know, back in 1999, I don't think children had iPads like we weren't using iPads. Definitely not. So that yes. has totally changed teaching and learning. Um, but I suppose within that curriculum, you have the flexibility then to decide how you're going to approach like a, t- a theme or a topic or how in depth you're going to do it. Um, obviously, junior infants, I know that they have to have a certain amount of phonics. You know, I'd want them confident with that before they go into senior infants, uh, like it's starting the reading process, the writing process. Um, so, yeah, you do have like kind of a guideline of what you need to have covered um, and the curriculum kind of s- like will help you with that. And then within that, you have your own kind of flexibility of how how much you, you get done of that, I suppose. And, um, you know, you can have all the best plans in the world, but it's not going to always go to plan. And how much of it is up to you as a personality? Like, is it up to you being like, uh, like, do different teachers have, well, the t- children are mainly sitting for the day just listening or and uh, or the children are up on their feet or they're doing group learning. Is that teacher specific or is it like the Department of Education tell you kids need this many hours outdoors and this many hours of playing in groups and this um, many hours of sitting at a desk? No, no, as far as they don't um, tell us that that extent. But like, for example, in junior infants and senior infants, there is a play program called Aster. So they have told us the amount of time that you like, you know, a guideline for how much play they should be. It's structured play in different groups. Um, and they would give us a guideline as to how much um, they should get that in a day. And it is supposed to be every day. Um, PE they'll tell us how much it's supposed to be and it'll change like between maybe juniors and second class it's a certain requirement and then from maybe fourth or third up um, it could be a different requirement of time but um, yeah like when it comes to like whether the children are standing or sitting or you know outdoors learning that's completely up to the teacher and that that is the best part of teaching where you have that kind of um, flexibility like you know if you're in really into outdoors and you can do your maths lesson outdoors or you could bring them to the local park um, and that can be totally your choice or you can decide that you know maybe this lesson is best just book work or uh, using resources to, to teach that topic but um, we definitely have that flexibility within how we teach like how we teach a certain concept we ha- we would have that flexibility which definitely is nice you know to be able to decide how how you're going to approach something um like you know within a staff like you're, you're going to have somebody who's really into music so that year that that the children have that teacher they're going to get a really good base um and a feel for music and the different you know whereas you know music's definitely not my forte so you know i might struggle with the the singing but they might get a better idea of a bit of science or you know i love i love that kind of side of things or um 
you know so i think it's better that it that it there isn't like you don't have a set you know years ago you had to have be able to sing <laughs> you yeah. had to do a singing interview and you should do um, singing interview to primary had, school yeah, teacher years and years ago i think you to like have oh a my god bit of an, which i definitely wouldn't have passed so um yeah i think it, it it's a, that it, in the eight years that a child is in primary school they're going to get like a variety of teachers who are interested in different, in things. different things. You know, if somebody's really big into art or has come from an art background um, or into Irish, then they're going to get a good solid year of that kind of topic, which is good because then it means they're leaving primary school with a kind of a good base for and a feel for all subjects. And hopefully then that kind of l- like helps them decide in secondary school what they'd be interested in. So how do you sort of v- like... So on a Sunday night, like <laughs> that Glen Row feeling, how do you picture your week or your days? Like I always see, like I think if I was a primary school teacher, I would still see my days, my week as like a secondary school timetable. So like, OK, I'm going to do like some sort of maths thing with them from nine to half nine or like what are the blocks that you for, for junior infants like? Well, yeah, for junior infants. Yeah, like uh, every teacher has their timetable and the timetable can be very much set depending on maybe if you have an extra support in the classroom. So if you if I know I'm going to have an extra person in the room, then I'll decide that that's the time is best to do Asher, the, the play-based programme, because two people to try organise, you know, five different stations. One's going to be doing art, one's going to be doing, you know, pretending they're in the vets, another's going to be using blocks to build something, another's doing art, others paint flying everywhere, and yeah. then somebody else is maybe doing Play-Doh, you know. So you you, you do need more than one okay. adult in the room um, for that to happen. Um, and then... Um, yeah, like they'd get maths and a bit of Gwilga and a bit of English every day, literacy, phonics every day, and then their play. And then like I suppose the yard times and eating takes up a lot of time as well. You know, by the time you go in to out to yard and back in and now there's hand washing and then there is the eating and, you know, junior infants need a lot of time to eat. <laughs> Mine do anyways, it takes forever for them to eat. And then there's the tidy up time and then, you know, you have a bit of um, your play or whatever as well. So, um it's fairly structured the days like there isn't the whole pile of like flexibility where you can just decide to you know have like you'll have your timetable and you know as best as possible you should be kind of trying to keep to it which uh, I know obviously sometimes that changes but um and then like throughout the year we might have different people coming in like we might have you know GAA for junior infants for a block of six weeks so then that's going to change your timetable again so okay yeah, Sunday night, you just, you'll have like my majority of time for me not to have the Sunday night fear. I'll, I'll just have a plan on the Friday, what's going to happen that Monday okay. or whatever resources you need. You kind of try to get ahead of yourself. Um, but And is there is there flexibility to be like, so say you wake up Monday morning and you're sick, not sick, sick, but you're like, oh my head, like I just, I'm not able for this day or something happens in your personal life and you're just allergic, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know, like someone dies or you, someone breaks up with you, you know? can't you just like bring in roll in the television like we used to have that <laughs> big huge television with the strap over it and just flake on Procontas and yeah. let them watch yeah, like what funny, can you do um, I was only saying that to the children I said years ago we didn't have those big screens you know now every mo- most I suppose schools now um, have those big screens you know which are great like for interactive stuff for the children but obviously it's, it is a TV at the end of the day and um, I was saying to them years ago we, like they used to roll in the television <laughs> they could not understand the concept it's so funny and then sure they thought I was ancient because I was saying that to them that <laughs> you know I was like oh, it's not that long ago but um, yeah like you do I suppose you can decide like that look I was supposed to do Astro here but that's just gonna you know <laughs> tip me over oh the edge maybe so you know you can have that but um, you know, in 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 the in the older classes, I suppose you can. It's it's probably easier to say. You know, we might do something that's a bit easier for yourself, like getting them to you know read or share reading or like uh, project work. But 
yeah junior infants if you're sick yeah it's a bad day because, because <laughs> it's nothing is about you you know like yeah. even if you said to them you've a head pain in your head so that means nothing to them because they're so egocentric like, you know that's their age and like teacher just cannot have a pain in, in their head so it's, it's funny but um yeah the day flies like the day absolutely flies taking a break from the show to tell you about our sponsor humdingermortgages.ie your new gaff without the faff humdinger are an award-winning mortgage brokerage and they specialize in finding the right mortgage for you the best part is that you deal with the broker and they deal with every major bank in the irish market so you don't have to trawl around talking to loads of people they also make the best recommendation on what's the best way to proceed for you specifically and they stay at your side to help you at every step of the way from application to drawing down your mortgage they're in the mortgage business right not the application business they have absolutely no interest in putting you through the ringer and getting you to fill out loads of forms without getting a mortgage at the end and they're really honest from the get-go about what the problems might be with your application but then they don't abandon you they will stay by your side and give you the best advice on how to make sure that you are successful the next time you apply they specialize in helping first-time buyers people looking to trade up and people like me who are looking to save ourselves some money by switching our mortgage for a better rate and like for me i'm going to switch my mortgage i'm working with humdinger because like a reduction of even 0.5 percent on my mortgage rate can save me like 30 grand in interest over the whole term of my mortgage mortgages are the biggest financial decision you are ever going to make so take advantage of speaking to experts and go to humdingermortgages.ie to begin your journey once they go home then what do you like do you have can you just leave um well not for junior because we have the extra hour there so that's usually my night like i go for lunch then straight after they go home and then like you've what i don't know half an hour i suppose before when you come back from your lunch to have your prep work or um like you rarely get out the door when you can i suppose leave if you want but like something or somebody will will start chatting to you about something or you've emails I sometimes have phone calls to have a parents or there's meetings, children who have like special needs, you'll have meetings regularly throughout the year or, you know, if somebody had fallen that day and you wanted to let the parents know, you might give them a, an email or a, a phone call. So you're not always out the door. No, um, if you want to be, you can be, I suppose, and you can leave. Um, but there's always something to do. There's usually always something and to do. And yeah. what is the situation now with, because things have totally changed since we were in school with health and safety and GDPR and consent and like uh, parental consent for whatever what is the sort of overlap between involving the parents and what happens in the day and because like I when I was in school school was school and home was home and really the only interaction was parent teacher meetings right but now you know like parents they want to be involved Uh, not that we didn't want to be involved but I think teachers are a little bit more cautious of parents now than they were when when we were in school yeah um yeah, when I was even in school, like if you went home and said the teacher gave out to me today, like your mom, dad, like, well, it must be because you did, you something, did something wrong. wrong. It's on. It's your fault, you know. Um, whereas now I think it is a lot more where you would um, involve the parents in our school anyways. We're an educate together school. Um, well, under that umbrella of an educate, educate together. So parents are in our school every morning, first thing in the classroom um, for 20 minutes. So like for what? Just to like like bring the children in have a chat with the teacher if there's anything going on um so and that is very unusual it doesn't happen in a lot of schools but in some educate together schools it definitely does um or maybe they might just pick one day a week where the parents get to come into the classroom but in our school yeah they're in every single morning for 15 to 20 minutes and um that's when you might be able to say to them look something happened yesterday but yeah it's very involved they are very involved and i think it is it's great does that help in one way um 
does it help? Yeah, it definitely does. Because, you know, if, 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 it's, only, if it's only something small happened and then you tell them, um, then it's done with. Whereas, you know, if you're not going to see that parent for a couple of days or, you know, a week Months. or so, it's going to maybe become escalate and become um, a bigger deal than when it first happened. And I suppose the other way as well, like like a mum can say to you, like, look, Johnny had a really difficult night last yeah, night. Or yeah, that's definitely helpful. And definitely in junior infants, like if there's anything going on, like, you know, it, or they didn't eat their breakfast, so therefore they're going to be cranky by nine o'clock, Do you know, because they're yeah. starving or whatever. Like for you to know, like it's easier um, and it makes your day go much smoother if you are aware of why maybe a child is upset or, you know, having a bad day. So just it's just to touch base, really, like if anything has happened or if the parents want to say anything or and also it means that they are more aware of how how they're getting on every day you know mm-hmm. rather than just at a parent teacher meeting in november or whenever february some schools do it so i think it definitely um is a positive um you know we we found that in 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 school when covid you know parents weren't coming in um so when they started coming back in again then it was obviously we had to start like becoming familiar with that again but i think it's it's definitely more positives than negatives and like it, it works for both both ways i think do you know this is how it's always been double love is a podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of sweet valley high book by book join me anna carey and me karen moynihan as we revisit one of the maddest series of books ever written or ghostwritten. If you ever read about Elizabeth and Jessica, the perfect blonde Wakefield twins, then you might enjoy listening to us absolutely tearing them to shreds. Affectionately, of course. Of course. And even if you didn't, there's still plenty of drama, kidnapping, stolen boyfriends and school dances to entertain you. Find us on the Headstuff Podcast Network and wherever you get your podcasts. Tell me about, as someone who's never been a teacher, what happens in staff rooms? <laughs> this mysterious place. I was like, oh, they're all in the staff room. Yeah, I know. You, like the first time you walked into a staff room, like as a teacher, as a tr- student or uh, when you were doing training or as were you kind of like, oh, I shouldn't be in. Uh, well, my first ever staff room that I walked into was actually my primary school as a student teacher. So that was extremely daunting because I'm now with, sitting with your across teachers. like <laughs> teachers who taught me. Um, but I'm now like a student teacher. teacher. So that was extremely. Um, and I know in the school we're in that I'm in now, like oftentimes past pupils come back as, you know, TY students or um, in, in as student teachers. And they're a bit like, God, like that's it's strange sitting across from your fourth class teacher, teacher or whatever. Um I mean, it's not that it's not mysterious. I don't think we just usually it's counting down to the next uh, break or the what you're doing for the weekend or, you know, um, I think the, the funniest thing is that, you know, if there was a treat day like celebrating birthdays, like what I suppose a lot of workplaces do or um, and, you know, if a child knocks on the door looking for an ice pack, their eyes are couldn't can't believe that like you have sweets. Yeah, <laughs> which fair <laughs> enough, like when you're telling them they can't. But um, yeah, like it's. It's like I think every staff room is probably a bit different. Like, you know, if you're working in a good school where there's a good like relationship with all the staff and there's no like, you know, clicks or whatever. Like and, and, and thankfully, I'm very lucky the school I'm in. It's totally not like that. Like we uh, all get along and everybody is very nice. So it's actually a really nice place to work. But I'm sure there are staff rooms that is a bit you stressful. Know, or stressful or yeah. So um, are I you discussing students or is it like sometimes you just need a rant like, oh, my God, I've just had the worst morning. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, if something like maybe crazy has just happened, like, you know, not crazy, but, you know, if I don't know, there was an accident, like, for example, in junior infants or, you know, a child got sick, you might be a bit like 
trauma traumatized and you'd be thinking oh god like you know yeah. so you might vent that a bit being like oh my god like i can't believe you know it, i do think that's funny like you know the parts that they don't tell you in college what you're going to have to do as a teacher or what you're going to have to you know like what do you do if a child wets himself or gets sick on themselves like the whole class has to stop then surely because you have to deal with it so you can't teach well, yeah, them that. like yeah if i'm like i'm there usually so on my own so yeah you would just like i mean they are they able to change majority change themselves like we wouldn't go in and ch- help change them like you would just give them um usually they would have a change of clothes in their bag you say go in and try and then just throw out the dirty clothes and you put it in but i mean you know it's more for the child i like, trying to protect the child that the child isn't embarrassed yeah or. embarrassed and that that they don't in 10 years time you know never forget that day that they <laughs> had an accident that you play it down and that it's not a big deal and that as much as possible the other children don't witness it as well you know and obviously yeah when they're sick that's awful like they're they're just they just want mammy like you know and yeah. you just want to try get them home as soon as you can um but yeah they're the things i i i kind of you know i was a bit like shocked like shocked but <laughs> i was like i need to learn all like this again i like figure out how to do it but um yeah it's more it's just yeah the stuff they say or the things they they you know they do like a, a child today said to me that grannies can't be police people and i said but why <laughs> and like it was fair enough argument but the stuff they say and the way they talk about it it's funny so i mean yeah they're entertaining like that's that's why your day just flies and they just do you have favourites? Do I? Like, no. Yes, you have to come. Don't lie. Oh, my God. Because teachers are always like, I don't have favourites. And I'm like, you absolutely do. You absolutely have to have ones where you're like, oh, this is this is my favourite child. Or like, oh, they're out today and they're usually so funny or so sweet or so well behaved. Honestly, I, I am blessed with the class I have. They are amazing. But I think maybe like sometimes I'm not a, I'm not a mum, but like hopefully someday I will be. And I sometimes look at them and be like, going god if i was lucky enough to have a child that's the child i'd love you know yeah. or like that kind of thing but i mean genuinely like you you some of them can like you know like all times adults as well like drive you mad but you know then they'll turn around and do something so sweet or say something or they're sick and all they want is a little cuddle so i don't um you wouldn't be going around saying or i think years ago t- um i grown up you'd know who the teacher's pet mm-hmm. was you know um it was a very i suppose it's kind of like seen as an old-fashioned thing now do you know where like you all you, like you, they're they're humans and children at the end of the day like you're not going to try and make anybody feel um that they're not the best do you know do you feel that uh, have you taught like higher up like fifth or sixth class and how how do you feel the interaction of like technology phones social media is impacting you know fifth and sixth class students who have access to those things um yeah i did i i thought the senior end of the school um a couple of times but god yeah definitely like they they're getting i suppose their phones much younger now um and like even you just hear their conversations about something on tiktok or you know like that just never happened when we were in school like yeah. the, those conversations wouldn't have happened so it definitely is i think the online bullying th- is probably massive now um and it's it's definitely a, a, th- a challenge for parents and teachers to try find the balance of, wh- you know, they might need the phone. I understand that, you know, in Dublin, maybe like if they're walking home or, you know, it's, mm-hmm. th- it's different to maybe down the country when they have to be collected or there's a bus that collects them. But so that's why they need the phone. But it definitely probably I- it is impacting massively. Um, But uh, the school can only do so much, I suppose, as well. Like, you know, they have to if the parent has decided that the phone is something that they need, it's how they manage it as well. Yeah. And we can just, I suppose, give them 
guidance on like or you know internet safety and talk about that and when we are looking up things on the internet how how to be safe on it but um a lot of, a lot of that has to come down to how the parents reaction i think a lot of stuff is so. thrown back on teachers isn't it like that parental responsibility sometimes is shafted onto teachers you know about I don't know, I just hear on the media so many times like questions about like, t- we need to add this to the curriculum and we need to teach this to the children and we need, ch- teachers need to start talking more about this. And it's like, yeah, well, what are the conversations happening at home? Do you find yeah. that there's well, an yeah, awful lot of pressure are, on you? Parents are the first teacher, like they're the teachers at the start, like they're the ones that are going to guide them until they start school and they like have the foundations there and like how how things are said and what is done at home and, you know, how you speak to each other Um you know how much they see mom and dad on the phone or mom and dad watching telly or you know that's just going to be a roll-on effect on how that how that happens but um i suppose a lot a lot does especially the phones comes back on schools and i suppose that's a thing about policy then whether they're allowed the phones in the school but should then you know parents are need to ask they may need to be able to contact the child after school and if they don't have the phone all of that but um yeah like a lot of it is is what happens in the home in and the then home. that's brought into school you know so and how do you deal with bullying like if you know sarah is a bully and sarah bullies like many girls but like one particularly and the mother comes in like how how delicately is that dealt with um so every school yeah has a um an anti-bullying policy and it's reviewed regularly um every couple of years and um if a parent was to come to you like an express concern about a certain another child in the class uh, um that that they're doing something to their child like you take the matter very seriously because obviously that child's going home saying something and it's concerning them and they're upset about it so we normally um would speak to both the children like you know and see what the story is a lot of observations would happen before you start you know intervening well before you start calling somebody a bully i suppose as well you know and and teaching children what bullying is you know it has to happen more than once or twice like and it has to be repetitive behavior and that they are aware of that that you know some children can just say oh he's bullying me but you need to try get to the bottom of what exactly they're doing so a lot of talk you bring in your like uh, your, in our school you, you get involved your learning support teacher would be involved your special ed- education teacher um would have to be involved in that and then you would obviously like make the principal or deputy principal aware that you know a parent has come and um is concerned about something so yeah you we we would kind of observe a lot first before um and then maybe talk to the the child of the parent who has been named as the bully um and um and see if they can they can uh, kind of help as well you know like you know that they're aware because like if you don't involve the parent they might not even have a clue yeah um and that they can talk to the child so it's a lot of kind of not jumping in straight away and kind of taking one person's word for it and just making sure that you've the facts right and you know that you're kind of recording the information so that it's there then um as factual information when you are delivering the the news to somebody but um it's just to support the the child there's there's a reason why the child's doing that then so getting Mm -hmm. to the bottom of that maybe that child has had something happen in their life and you know we're not aware of it or they they need to be they need to process that so there's always a reason for it so getting to the bottom of that is probably the key thing as well you know Mm -hmm. and when do you find out like in a year when when do you find out what your class for next year is um mostly i suppose maybe end of may june it, it can so before the first for the year ends yeah yeah like yeah. you'd know in june what um that's if you're like you know in a school and you're 
like that's your school you know if you're like a fixed term contract or mater- just cover maternity leave you don't even know what school you're going to be in so but if it's your school and yeah it's your full-time contract there then you would hopefully know yeah definitely before the end of June that you finish up and then um, do you have to like all the resorts so when you walk into your classroom say you have like a box of blocks and crayons and you know all the resources that you need are they yours or are they part of the classroom and who pays for them um well in our school how I, I know it works differently in, in different schools but in our school we would just get money at the start of the year for like art materials paper crayons um pencils paint um and that's your your but like that's your money for the year and then anthony you need from that laminating sheet anything like that then comes out of that and you keep the receipts and you hand those receipts in then at the end of the year so that the money is accounted for um but then you know if I don't know, like if you were, if I was to leave junior infants next year, like anything that I put in a receipt for, like then I leave it in the class because it belongs to the school then and you leave it there, you know, to that class. But if I paid for something out of my own money, um, like a resource, then I'll take that because I didn't take the money from the school, you know, but okay. I used it in the class and I'd like to bring it, you know, if I left the school, I'll bring it with me. But in our school, it mainly works that you just, and then you bought for that class, you know, just leave it in that classroom and then it's there for the next teacher. Or if it's you, then you have it ready for the next year. Okay, right, okay. But in other schools, are people, because I hear that teachers are buying stuff with their own money, but is that because they've spent their budget or because some schools don't have a budget? No, most schools would have a budget, but I suppose the budget is because they're only given that amount of money from from the government maybe or that's what the board of management have decided but i mean yeah absolutely i go over budget every year every single year but is that because um, you're watching instagram and you see some other teacher making yeah. like rabbit something for easter yeah or like you just see like in in junior infancy there's like so many resources that you that you could w- need or want you know like toys and changing it up for them and and then like if you've 30 kids like you can't just buy one box of that because that's not really you know you might need to do it in a small group but it's not you need more than just the one thing like so um yeah you do um and with the play like you need if you're deciding to you know do the the farm as your aster theme like your play theme then you're going to need the resources to do that like you're going to need the animals and you're going to need the different things um but like you know i often just send out an email to parents and say look next week we're doing the farm if you've any toys that you're willing to bring in for us to borrow put your name on it and then we'll return them and that's really good because you know then you're not going buying and the school aren't putting like a massive expense and then the children are getting to use their toys in school and sure they're delighted as well yeah um but I think I, I would say 99% of teachers go over budget every year. Um, maybe we get sense. I don't know. I'm out six years and I'm still going over budget every year. Um, but I think you do. You just do. Like and Even if it's sixth class, like are, are they getting just because you're obviously not buying toys for sixth class. But I suppose are there other ways that you're trying to get them interactive then? And Yeah. And like, you know, you're probably doing more advanced art. So you're do using maybe different materials and, you know, and you're yes, probably... Okay. But I suppose, yeah, like you probably just do in different, like, l- like laminating sheets, like, or anything that you need, like that paper or whatever, um, just down as far as like whiteboard markers, like just the day to day things that you need. Um, like we definitely could be, I, pro- I definitely could be better with it probably, but I don't mind every now and again, if it's something that I, I know I'll, I'll use and get the value out of it, um, I'll go and do it like, you know, and then talk to me finally before we finish about holidays these infamous holidays that everybody is jealous of <laughs> um th- it's not a job that you go into just for the holidays right because when you're not on holidays it's very intense 
Well, or yeah. do you think some people do go into it for the oh, holidays? Oh, I think definitely some people go in for the holidays, but they probably have like are like in hell for the few weeks that they're actually out, you know, that they're yes. working between, you know, Christmas and Easter or whatever it is because like you just I couldn't I couldn't see an myself doing it if I if I wasn't if it wasn't what I wanted to do. It's like it consumes your day, it consumes your life basically. There is not a weekend or something that you wouldn't a child wouldn't cross your mind if, if something came up do you know mm -hmm. like they said something or you'll tell stories like you know uh, I live with a girl who's not a teacher and when she you know she's she's gotten used to the stories now but like at the start she was like do you not just you just, just talk about school all the time you know and it, it is very annoying I'm sure so I've become more conscious of that but um yeah, holidays they are great. Um, the the it's a it's a really good chance for us to go and do the traveling. Um, and I think it, like for me it means that I'm not I don't want to take a career break because I have the holidays that I'll travel in between that time. But speaking of which, career breaks. So yeah. they're thinking of getting rid of those. Are is there war about that? Um, not not in our school. I haven't heard. Um, but there probably would be war if they took them away because it is definitely a nice perk to have that option. The reason that they're there was because when that was invented. <laughs> lots and lots of um, government TDs were teachers so they needed a government term which is five years to uh, to, to go and be a TD or a minister oh, and then go back to their that. jobs yeah <laughs> so that's why but now not so many of them are I mean Norman Foley obviously but yes. um, <laughs> yeah so that's why they're thinking of getting rid of it because obviously there aren't enough teachers and if some of them are on five year career breaks yeah but I don't even yeah that might bring more people back into the workforce but I don't think it'll solve the problem of having not enough teachers because you know the I think the whole point pro the point of that is that you know the points to get into teaching now are gone crazy like what are they now they're over five hundred now oh wow and I would never have gotten that like is in it would like it would have been a ma like a big struggle so I think they're not making it easy to get in and obviously I know the point system is based on um you know the demand. demand but like I don't know by taking away career breaks is that just going to solve every problem and, and we'll have a load of teachers then mm -hmm. um there's other issues as to why people aren't in the profession or are leaving the country because there's it's a you know there's better perks I don't know in a different country or the lifestyle is better whatever it is so it could it definitely might bring back some people but yeah I haven't heard much I'll ask you two questions to finish one if you could change anything about your job what would it be and two what is your favorite part about your job and your least favorite part it's kind of three questions though so what if I could change anything about my job oh god what would I do uh not have homework <laughs> Did junior infants have homework? Just like their phonics, but it's like a lot of work to be putting it in every week or, you know, changing it and adding to the folder, taking it out. I don't know. It's not maybe a lot of work, but it's... But do you have to correct their homework then after school? Um, yeah, not in junior infants. They don't get like a little like yes, written okay. or anything, but, um, but, you know, in the senior end, they can take it down for themselves. They can hand it up. They can do it. Whereas, you know, they're bring in junior infants, you have to put it into their... School bag. I don't know. I just think I it's kind of one of those things I dread, but yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about homework anyways, but um, th what was the other questions that you said? Um, your favourite and least favourite thing about your job? My favourite thing. Um, in junior infants, my favourite thing is that they think you're so funny and you are just their favourite thing in the world. Like, the f like their favourite thing about school usually, or they think you're great. Like, you know, yeah. you can do a funny dance and they think you're a great dancer. So therefore, you think you're great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's great for your yeah, confidence. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can tell a silly joke like they'll think you're great. Um. And having that relationship, you know, I I don't know, I, I definitely remember my junior infant teacher anyways, and I think it's such a privilege to be a junior infant teacher then, so that hopefully one day they might remember you. They will, they'll be like, that was my junior hopefully. infant teacher, she was amazing. <laughs> but then they'll realise that, like, you're only in your 20s, and, like, right now you seem like the oldest person oh in the world yeah, to them. they like. do, they think you're ancient, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> and your least favorite thing? My least favorite thing about the job. Um, yard duty, maybe. <laughs> yard duty <laughs> is know. on a cold day. <laughs> where you just ha- is that with another teacher? You walk around in circles, making um, sure nobody's fallen. Yeah, or like yeah, you, it's usually just you or me. Yeah, sometimes there's another teacher or maybe an SNA and um. Can you listen to a podcast? No, <laughs> it's, it's really not my least favorite thing either. I don't know. Like it's just I just said that because the day was freezing and I didn't wear enough clothes, so I'm still frozen. Um, but most days it's actually grand. Like you can kind of have a bit of crack, you know, outside the classroom with them, and um, and it's nice to have the little chats that you might not get a chance to have in 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 the classroom. But no, my least I don't know what my least favorite thing. Oh, I know what my least favorite thing is. Uh, having to write up your plans and hand them in at the end of every month <laughs> to the principal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. So you have to have your plan for the month. And then at the end of the month, you have to um, hand in what you've done, like what you've got done that month. And like, you know, if if there's an overlap or if there if you didn't catch up some. Yeah. Or yeah. if an inspector walked in, which happened to me in December. Oh, wow. <laughs> on a Monday morning. <laughs> oh, my awful. God. I remember. Yeah. But I remember the teacher saying to us, like, there's an inspector in, yeah. you know, yeah. make sure that you all put up your hands. And yeah. so like that fear of the inspector walking in doesn't leave you even when you're in like when you're in college, obviously, and you're on teaching practice, that's massive. Like, you know, any time like you're wondering when the inspector's coming in and, you know, you're texting everybody saying, did she call you today or whatever? What did she say? But it still doesn't really leave you when you go into teaching because, um, our school have had a couple of like I- like incidentals like drive-bys they call them where they just decide to pop in someday <laughs> yeah but like what can an inspector do you're not going to lose your job like. no that's the thing yeah you, I d- I d- well, what are they going to say terrible, like? I suppose but no um, it's just more that you don't like you don't want to get be the one teacher that gets the bad you know report and it's sent back to the man- to board of management or whatever I suppose but um, no it's fine it's it, it, that's probably that, but I just forgot about that there that's the least Thing and you have to paper. do that the whole yeah. way up because there's surely yeah. like there's teachers there's no way our primary school teachers were planning a month <laughs> ahead and then reviewing every month yeah no I, I you but you are expected to yeah every month and uh, the whole way up yeah. even still like even in, if you're still in that school in 15 years and mm. you've been teaching junior infants for 15 years you but still have to plan well then you'll probably your plans will be the same, same. you know similar yeah. like so if I'm in junior infants next year anything that worked for me this year I'm going to do it next year mm-hmm. but anything that maybe didn't work or I thought that was a terrible idea we won't do that next year but you know majority of your plans are going to stay the same you're not going to go and invent the wheel because you've them the second year yes do you know but it is you are expected to have them and um and be planning constantly and you know there's loads of paperwork then if there is you know if you're in the the special ed department in the school you've lots of paperwork to do with that so I suppose that's definitely the least or the 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 behind the scenes stuff that you don't realize has to be done as well do you have any interest in ever being a principal um no 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 (laughs) it's a totally different skill set isn't it like it's kind of a managerial thing rather than a teaching thing yeah, and like I just couldn't imagine like it's you know it's it's a big enough job to be dealing with twenty eight parents set of parents, but you know as a principal of the whole school and like I d- no I'm I want to be a teacher so I'm I want to stay a, a teacher for now anyways it may change but right now I don't know if I'd be able for it no it's okay. too hard a job. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. That is another episode of basically. Um, thank you for tuning in and we will be back with another episode next week. Our music is by Only Ruin. Our graphic design is by Kahlo Gara. We are part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network, produced by Julie Hassett. See you next week.
This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Thank <laughs> you.